Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. I want you to go into your Bibles today to, to the seventh chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7. And I'm going to minister a word today that I've just, I'm, it's not really the title, it's more of a subject if you would, but if you want to write a title today, you can just write Emmanuel, Emmanuel, uh, and I want to preach from that subject for a few moments today, and I want to encourage you not to leave early because as I was in prayer this morning, I'm going to have an altar call at the end of this service today, and uh and I'm believing for some of you that are facing, I don't know who you are. I mean, of course, I know of a few of you, but I don't know everybody in here that is facing some kind of crisis, facing some kind of uh, trial in your life right now. But we're going to have an altar call at the end of this service today, because this is the time where we remember God working miracles. And, uh, and I, I almost said this is a miracle working season, but I believe every season is a miracle working. I believe we live in a time of miracle working, uh, where God works miracles. So I don't want to limit him to some kind of season, if you would, but, uh, I do want to, uh, spark your faith to a place to know, uh, about Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter seven. Now it came to pass and we're in verse one. In the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that reason, king of Syrian, Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. Just in case you're wondering, what does that mean? It ain't a good thing. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz, you and your son at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field and say to him, take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint-hearted, for these two stubs of smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of Risen in Syria and the son of Remaliah, because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah have plotted evil against you, saying, let us go up against Judah and trouble it. Let us make a gap in its wall for ourselves and set a king over them, the son of Tabel. Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is reason. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be broken so that it will not be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramaliah's son. If you will not believe, surely... You shall not be established. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. In other words, whatever you can possibly think of. 
Watch this. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David. It is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before this child, child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. I'm going to put this together. Go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Glory be to God. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Praise God. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Or actually in the Hebrew that would be, or it would be the same as Joshua. In the Hebrew, Yehoshua. Basically it was the same thing, meant the same thing, Savior. Or Savior of the people. He will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that he might be fulfilled that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying. Here we are again in this, in this prophecy. Behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that ministry, the ministry of the spirit, Lord, would blanket this place and break out all over this house. God, there are people sitting from the front to the back, side to side, Lord. Sitting in this auditorium, in this building, in this church today, that God need a word from you. They, they need to know, God, uh, uh, that, that you are with them in whatever they're facing. Uh, there are people watching today, Lord, that are saying, God, where are you? I pray today that as I preach this word over the next few moments, you would show up. That you would let them know you haven't went anywhere, you have not, you have not left them or forsaken them. And that you are with them in no matter what they're facing. Spirit of the living God, move all over this house like a mighty river, like a tsunami taking over the land. In the name of Jesus, I pray, let everything said and done bring Jesus glory father. I thank you for what you're about to do. I thank you Lord that today I even since now 
that those who walked in with heavy burdens, now they're being lifted because of the anointing that is hitting their lives right now. Those that have walked in stressed out, uh, burdened down, oppressed, even maybe possessed, are now being made free by the power of Jesus' name and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you. Look upon my availability and not my ability today. And God, I pray, anoint me. Grant me an apostolic anointing and a prophetic utterance that the word of the Lord may be declared in the earth. And I thank you for it now. Bless the reading and the preaching of your holy word. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody shout amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a good praise before we're seated today. Hallelujah. I want to preach for our next few moments from the subject, Emmanuel. Now, I chose this today uh, because I felt like uh, the Lord was just ministering to me all week um, on this subject, Emmanuel. Now, when you take this word, in, 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 man, man, el, Elohim, meaning God living in man. That's what's happening in our lives right now. Can you get a good amen in the house of God? Emmanuel. So in our text today, as we read a passage of scripture, uh, it's, it's very well known to be somewhat uh, the Christmas story or at least a prophecy of the Christmas story, if you will. The reason for this is because the script, in the scripture, uh, Isaiah is prophesying of the birth of the Messiah. And obviously we know that the celebration of Christmas is the celebration of Santa Claus. See, I'm just making sure y'all listening out there. Some folk done checked out already. You're just trying to get home, eat ham and all that stuff. You better listen up. The word of the Lord is being preached right now. It is not the celebration of Santa Claus. It's not the celebration of going in debt to where you have to work all year to try to pay Christmas off. Amen. It is the celebration of God taking himself. Think of this. The one who spoke the worlds into being. The one who said light was and light is even to this day. The one who said, let the earth, cre let the earth bring forth leaves and greens. And the one who took some sand and decided to make a sandcastle. Breathed in it and called it man. And it's a living being. This God decides now to take himself and allow himself to be wrapped in his own creation. To, the Bible says, humble himself. Mm -hmm even to the point of death and to walk the face of the earth not with other gods not with angels but with fallen humanity fallen human beings people that were jacked up messed up people that didn't even believe in him it did not intimidate him, did not frustrate him, 
How are you going to frustrate a God that already knows everything? <laughs> Did not intimidate him to come and walk amongst his creation and get dirty with them. Time and time again to bend down in the dirt. And whether it was making clay to put on a man's eyes or whether it was reaching down to grab a prostitute saying, where are your accusers? Time and time again, he did not care. It didn't matter to get dirty. Here is God. And God has chosen to wrap himself in his creation and come and live amongst his creation. Can we give God a good praise for doing that? Come on, you ought to give him a good praise right now. If you don't know your Bible history, it's okay. I'm going to give you a little bit. In, in, the, in, the, in the book of Isaiah today, when we're reading Isaiah chapter 7, uh, yes, this story is told a lot at Christmas, but you, un, you need to understand that God did not have Christmas in mind when he gave this prophecy. There wasn't even something called Christmas. God was looking at something else. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 7, a man by the name of Ahaz is king of Judah. During this time, the king of Israel and the king of Syria joined forces to come against Judah. The Bible says that they come against Jerusalem, but they could not prevail against it. Judah is doing all it can to keep their enemy from taking over. And then the king is told more bad news. He tells them Syria has now settled in Ephraim. What does that mean? In other words, another part of people who are supposed to be a part of you have now turned their back on you and have joined with your enemy. So the king, the Bible says that the king and the people, their hearts, in the New Living Translation, it says their hearts or the heart of the king and the people trembled with fear like trees shaken in a storm. The Bible says that God speaks to the prophet Isaiah and tells him, go get your son and go find the king of Judah on the highway to the fuller's field. You tell him, I have heard and seen what has been spoken in secret. And you tell them, matter of fact, I have seen their plans and their plots. But Isaiah says, now watch this. He says, but if you can tell the king of Judah, if you can tell the people who know how to praise me, even when they don't feel like praising me, y'all going to get in just a minute. If you can tell the people who want to clap, even when they don't feel like clapping, if you can tell the people that will shout, even when they don't feel like shouting. He said, if you can tell them in the midst of their time of uncertainty, if you can tell them when they don't know what tomorrow brings, if you can tell them I know the enemy's plans even before the enemy started talking about them, if you can tell them that they'll cry out to me, I will not let the enemy's plans go forward. They're going to go somewhere. Stay with me. Now, let's go to the other portion of our text today. We're going to tie it all together in just a moment. In Matthew chapter 1, we read about two young people that have an extreme challenge in front of them. Uh, They have an extreme challenge in front of them. There is a young lady, a young lady who has not known a man. She is engaged to be married, but all of a sudden has now come up pregnant. Now, in this day and time, some of you are saying, what's the big deal? Jesus, help us. You're saying, what's the big deal? There's a big deal. And let me tell you, God ain't changed just in case you're wondering. It's still a big deal to him too. But anyway, hallelujah. I told you I got an edge on me today. I'm just trying to 
preach and we'll go. Amen. But so she, she's, she's been found with child. Now, the problem here is, is under the law, which the time they were living in, if you got pregnant and you wasn't married, you're going to be stoned. Put away, brought out to the city. They stoned you until you died. This was the punishment. Joseph is sitting there saying, I don't want Mary to die. She might have made a mistake. She might have made a bad decision. Terrible, terrible decision. But I don't want her to die. I want to figure out a way to put her away secretly. So that she's not, she's not killed and she's not ashamed. She's not embarrassed. But I ain't marrying her. Amen. The Bible says that, that in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this uncertainty, God steps into Joseph's dream. Oh, oh how I love how the Lord can just step into the midst of whatever we're doing and speak to us. And when we wake up, everything has changed. And God says, Joseph, don't trip. This is my rendition. Don't trip. What's in her is holy. Glory be to God. What is being found in your fiance is not from man, but this is from heaven. This is from God. She has, she has become pregnant by the Holy Ghost. And what is in her? I know you might not understand it right now, but there is a day coming where you're going to look back on it and say, this was not a disaster, but this was a setup because we were chose out of all of the earth to become pregnant with the Holy Ghost. Stay with me. So, so we, we're right here in the midst of this chaos. We're right here in the midst of this crisis while Mary is planning their wedding and Joseph is preparing a, preparing a place for them to live. Mary is now found with Joseph. Joseph's sitting here trying to figure out what, am, what are we going to do about this. God steps into the middle of his dream and begins to speak. And then now for the second time, God speaks the same prophecy. Everybody say time number two. For the second time, God speaks the same prophecy. It's in Matthew 123, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. What you must understand is that the prophecy of Jesus coming to the earth uh, is different. This prophecy is different than many others. All throughout the Bible, there are, diff there are different prophecies, different prophetic words of the Messiah coming. Some speak of his death, that, uh, how he is going to die. And then some speak of, of, of the virgin birth. And then some, some say he's going to be born on earth. And some speak of his lineage, the lineage of the lion of the tribe of Judah. But this one is different than all other ones because he does not speak of his death church. He does not even speak of his kingship. This prophecy goes beyond all barriers and the religion of man. This prophecy says that the most high God, the God who created everything that you can and cannot see, the God who is all powerful, all present and all knowing, the God who is invisible, who cannot be seen with physical eyes, is going to take himself and wrap himself 
himself in flesh and he's going to walk in the midst of his creation. Oh, it's never been found like this. You want to know what you want to know what makes us different than all the other religions? You want to make a no want to know what makes us different from Islam and, and Hinduism and Buddhism and whatever other isms they're all schisms. Any other you want to, all the other isms in the world is because all the other religions is man's attempt trying to get to God. But this one right here is God's attempt trying to get to man. He said, I didn't ask nobody, and I ain't trying to ask you what you think. I'll wrap myself, and I'll come and be born of a virgin, and I'll walk in the midst of my creation. Hallelujah. That's what's different right here. Don't you ever compare the relationship you have with God according to some other religion. They're all dead and if they don't get born again, they're dying and on their way to hell. But God looked down on humanity and he said, I'm going to do what I got to do to get to you because there ain't no way you're going to get to me. I thank God for Jesus that he was born of a virgin. for Jesus that he didn't ask whether you were good enough he didn't ask whether you were perfect enough he didn't ask what color you were he didn't ask whether you were broke or rich but he wrapped himself and came and were born of a virgin why? because he loved you I thank Jesus oh I thank God He didn't ask nobody. He didn't even ask me if I was going to believe. He said, I'm coming anyway. Can we give Jesus a good praise in the house? He didn't even ask you if you were going to quit doing what you were doing. I'm coming anyway. He didn't even ask you if you want to be Pentecostal, Methodist, or Baptist. I'm coming anyway. He didn't ask you whether your family would believe or not. I'm coming anyway. I'm coming anyway. Hallelujah. That's the difference in this prophecy right here. The differences in this this prophecy is how can God, the invisible God, wrap himself and come, watch this, let man touch him and him touch man. <laughs> How? This is the difference in this prophecy right here. When we say Emmanuel, we're not just, it's not just a word to put on a Christmas card. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. Everything from the beginning of time has hinged on this moment. That I, the God of the universe, come and live inside of you and your messed up self, your unperfect self, and your religious self. Yes, yes, in yourself that is struggling, in yourself that is backsliding. Yes, I'm coming whether you like it or not. 
to live inside of you. Uh, it was not just enough to walk with you. It was not just enough to walk the fields of, of Israel. It was not just enough to walk the waters of Galilee. It was not just enough to stand at the, at the, at the mouth of a cave and say the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It was not enough to walk inside of Jerusalem's temple and turn over the tables and run out the money changers. It was not enough to be teaching in the temple day and night. It was not enough to confound the wise. He said, I'm coming to live inside. I want a tabernacle. And dwell with my people from this time forward. This is the prophecy. This is Emmanuel. Preacher, what are you trying to tell us? I'm telling you every time that God spoke this prophecy in the Bible, whether it was in Isaiah or whether it was in the book of Matthew, it was spoken in the midst of a major crisis. It wasn't so we could have a manger scene. Come on, somebody. I know I'm beating up on Christmas. Don't, don't, don't think I hate Christmas. I'm being there being a Christmas loving joker this Saturday too. Amen. But I'm just trying to tell you, I'm trying to get you to shift your thinking and your focus that God did not bring this word, Emmanuel, so that you could have a pretty little manger scene. He did not bring this, this word so that we could have a certain time of the season so we give gifts. All this is good. Let's keep on doing it. I love it. It's being thankful for what God has done. But he, listen, this word means way more than your Christmas decorations and your light on your house. This word means way more than your tree in your front yard and it means way more than the tree that's in your living room it means way, way more than those gifts that are wrapped under your tree it means way more than even seeing your family it is a gift that was left at the bottom of a tree and his name is Jesus Christ and it came to dwell inside of man eat man you well it means way more it means way more it means that God has come to live inside of me and inside of you and that every time he prophesied Jesus coming to live inside of us Emmanuel God is with us every time he did that it was because man was facing a crisis that he couldn't get himself out of so now that I'm done with my introduction and I'm ready to preach today I want to know, is there anybody facing something that you don't know what to do on your own today? I want to know, is there anybody in here saying, God, I've done, I've done tried X, I've done tried Y, I've done tried Z, I've done tried everybody else, and I cannot seem to figure it out. God sent me with a word today to tell you, eat man, you will. God is dwelling inside of you. And the very prophecy that he gave Isaiah, and the very word he gave Joseph, he has given you right now, that if I come and well inside of you. There is no crisis that is too hard. There is no situation that is impossible. And there is no wall that I cannot bring down. And there is no prodigal that I cannot save. And there is no provision that I cannot give. And there is no land that I cannot save. Amen. You well. Hallelujah. God, everybody shout, God is with me. Emmanuel, God is with me. So the next time you walk up in that place, 
And you don't even know if you're going to be hired the next day or working the next day. Just remember, God is with me, Ali. The next time they call you and your kids are acting, acting crazy and you're wondering where you're going to go pick them up at, just remember when you're in the car and the tears are running down your face, just say, God is with me. Y'all about to get it. And the next time they look at you and they say, we got to let you go because there's somebody else more qualified. Walk out that place smiling and know God is with God is with me. God is with me. Amen, you will. Hallelujah. God is with me. And if God is with you, you don't have to worry about it. Hallelujah. The only thing you got to be concerned about is, is God with you? Because if God ain't with you, you got a rough road to hoe. Amen. That's what the old school used to say. You got a rough road to hoe. It's going to get hard. Why? Because the way of the transgressor is hard. It's tough. But when God is with you. <laughs> See, you won't never look at Christmas again the same. You'll never look at it. So you might keep decorating your trees and you might keep on uh, putting on your ugly Christmas sweaters and high-fiving everybody in the, in the office uh, party and all that good stuff. It's all good. I ain't hating on none of it. But I'm going to tell you from now on, you'll remember this word from the rest of your life because every time you read Emmanuel, whether it's in a Christmas season or not, you'll remember there ain't, listen, there ain't no mountain that is too powerful and there ain't no situation impossible. If God is with me, then you name what's too hard for the Lord. He said, I am the God of all flesh. What is too hard for me? All I got to know is if God, if you're with me, then I will not fail. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And if God is with me, then I know he's for me. And if God is for me, who can stand against me? Y'all ought to give God five seconds of praise right now before we go in and first. God is with me. See, the enemy would want to deceive you into believing because what you go through, God's done left you. Because what you face, God is not here. But see, I, I, I have a saying that I tell my staff all the time. You can trust God even if you can't trace God. I might not be able to trace him. I might not know where his steps come from and I might not know where they're going. Oh, but if I can grab his hand, I can walk with the Lord for a little while. I come to tell, I come to ask a word for somebody in this house. You can trust him even when you cannot trace him. He didn't promise you that you could trace him. He didn't promise you you could track him. He just said you can trust me. You can trust him. So I want to talk about just a few things and then we're going to go today. Praise God. I think my Christmas gift to y'all is going to be getting you out 15 minutes early. I want to say something though, if we can take a commercial break just for a moment. I do want to say thank you to this church. You're such a reverent church. You're such a generous church. I appreciate you so much. Last week we had a service over three hours. 
Nobody left. I mean, there might have been a few folk got upset and left, but I'm talking about, you know, people, y'all, y'all hung in here. Y'all had to have intermissions at an hour and a half. The women's bathroom's like 50 people long out there wrapping them into the parking lot. But one, one day we won't have that challenge. We'll have us a bigger building. You sow a seed, I'll sow a seed. Everybody, we'll get where we got to go. Amen. Can I get a good hallelujah in the house? But I want to say thank you because you, 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 you waited. You heard the word of the Lord. You, you sat there and worshiped and you were reverent to, to the moving of the spirit. That's why God keeps moving in this house. Because there's a bunch of people that come in here and say, well, we might get out in two hours. We might get out in three hours. We might get out in four hours. But either way, we're going to be done when God's done. Hallelujah. We're going to be done when God's done. Because I didn't come to meet with nobody else. I came to meet with God. Because God's the only thing that's going to keep me going. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to take a commercial break. Say thank you. Give yourselves a hand for three seconds. Amen. Listen, when God is with you, there is a word from heaven for you, for you and your future. When God is with you, there is a word from heaven for you and your future. I'm going to say it one more time. When God is with you, there is a word from heaven for you and your future. God is not just speaking in your present. God will speak to you in your present about your future. Hallelujah. He said, I am the I am. I was, I am, and I will be always. Hallelujah. God can speak to you right now about your now and your future at the same time. When God is with you, Emmanuel, when God is with you, there's a word from heaven for you and your future. King Ahaz and Joseph were facing one of the greatest trials of their lives. But what I love about God is that in, that in the moments of your uncertainty and frustration, if you'll call out to him, hallelujah, if you'll call out to him and not call on aunt such and such, unless he says do it, and not call on brother so and such, unless he says do it, and not sit there and say, let me try to rumble up some folk and try to see what they think. If you'll call out to God in the midst of your uncertainty and frustration, if you have the ability to call out to him, he will give you a word from heaven. And the word has the power to change things that seem unmovable. How many of you have been in places of your life where things seem to be unmovable and God gave you one word and in one word the things seem to melt like wax right in front of your eyes. Why? That is the power of the rhema word that is the power of the word of God when you get a word from God and you've got the faith to speak it everything has to move out of the way nothing can stand against the word of the Lord it's, I'm telling you right now he will give you a word from heaven and everything that seems unmovable will move it has listen to this it has the power everybody shout power the power to create things that you didn't even know existed can I tell you the word of the Lord still has creative power that's why some of you would probably do best your lives would increase uh, tremendously if you just hush for a week <laughs> Hallelujah. And you say, well, I don't think that's God. Let me tell you something. God told John, you're going to have to shut up until, I'm sorry. God told John the Baptist, daddy, you're going to have to hush until your son comes. Because if you keep on talking, you're going to talk yourself slap out of it. Now, if you're from the north, you don't know what that means. But when somebody says slap out of it, that means you don't talk way out of it. Hallelujah. 
The word of the Lord still has creative power. That's why I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again because some it takes some of us a little while. First thing I do when I get up in the morning, I go and jump in the shower. And for the whole time I'm in the shower, I'm thanking God. I am thanking him for everything. I'm thanking him for divine health. I'm thanking him for a sound mind. I was coughing my guts up a week and a half ago and it wasn't a vid. Well, Pastor, I Pastor ain't had no COVID. I was just, I don't know what it done hopped in my lungs, hopped on my chest. But I was coughing my guts up in the shower talking about God, I thank you for divine health. I thank you for a sound mind. I thank you for a strong body. Preacher, don't you know you was coughing? I ain't worried about where I'm at right now. I'm getting to where I'm going. And I know there's creative power in the words that come from my lips. And the last thing I'm going to do is curse myself when God's already blessed me. Hallelujah. something hit this house when I just said that. you got to realize God ain't cursed you. God has blessed you. And he said, what I have blessed, no man can curse. I was sitting in, I, I sit in there and I thank him. I thank him for a wonderful church. You do, Pastor? Yeah, I got a, we have a great church right here. We don't have, I mean, if there are any knuckleheads, they stay below the surface. They fly under the radar. Thank God for that. And most of them ain't demons, because if they were demons, we done cast them things out of you a long time ago. We got a wonderful church. We got, I said, I thank him for the church. I thank him for the body of Jesus. I thank him for the blood of Jesus. Then I thank him for the Holy Ghost. Then I thank him for the word. And then I thank him for my family. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. Thank you for my son. Thank you for the rest of my family. Got a good family. Get to live by them. Get to enjoy them. Then I start thanking him for all the blessings. And when I start thanking him for all the blessings, I'm like, my God, Lord, we got to get out of this shower soon because I'm starting to get, you know... You know, I, my, my hands are starting to get all weary a little bit. I got to get out of the shower. The hot water's going to run out. But, but I'm telling you, when you start thanking God and you start blessing the Lord and you start sitting there just saying, God, I give you praise. When you start your day off like that, you'll find yourself in a hechoboshatah. You'll find yourself walking in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And what should have took you out, you'll start walking on top of but because God said, I have made you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And you'll start walking over what you should have drowned in. Pastor, what does that have to do with a word for your future? If you'll just seek God, God, sometimes God said, you don't need a rhema. You just need to remember what I've already said. And I've done told you, you can enter into my gates with thanksgiving in your hearts and you can enter into my courts with praise. That's why this church can't never get all lukewarm. It can't never get all religious. We can't have more people with their hands crossed and their hands up because if we do that, there ain't going to be no spirit of God moving in this place. So today, you need to take that as your word and say I ain't crossing my hands anymore I'm going to lift my hands to the Lord without wrath and without doubt because I'm going to be a part of the praisers I'm going to be a part of the worshipers I'm going to be a part of the place the people who make the place for God to inhabit anytime you get more people in a room 
unless it's an outreach, then God gives some grace. But anytime you get more people in a church that cross their hands instead of lift their hands, anytime you get more people in a church that sit there with their mouths closed instead of their mouths open, Anytime you sit there with a people in a, and they've got more people in the church with their hands glued to the back of the seat instead of clapping for the Lord, you're on your way down. And I came to tell you, you went by about 50 hundred of them. Yeah, I said 50 hundred. 50 hundred of them to get here this morning. You want to know why you went by them? You want to know why you rode by them and didn't even give a thought about going in them? There ain't no spirit in them. So you came to a place where the spirit of the Lord is. But now you need to get in the flow so God can begin to do something. And no longer cross your hands and close your mouth. But the Bible says even if you ain't got a voice, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And know that the Lord your God is in your midst. Emmanuel. I feel like preaching now. Emmanuel. If you only knew that the God of the universe, the one that can turn your marriage around, the one that can cause your kids not to be insane anymore, the one that can break the crack pipe, the one that can open the prison doors when they shouldn't have got out for 10 years. If you only knew that the one that can move on your boss and say, I know they're not qualified, but give them the job anyway. If you only knew that the one that can open the door to ministry was in your midst right now. You wouldn't wait to give him a praise. You wouldn't wait to clap your hands. You wouldn't wait to give him a shout. But you let him inhabit the praises of his people in this house right now. Glory! There's a word. A word from heaven for your now, for you and your future. And that word, listen, that word, that word don't only have the power to change things that seem unmovable. It doesn't only have the power to create things that you don't even know existed. It has the power to defeat enemies that have never been defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The power to defeat enemies that ain't never been defeated. Enemies in your bloodline. Enemies in your family. Enemies in your mind. Enemies in a community. Enemies in a region. Enemies in a nation that ain't never been defeated. And God is just waiting for an army right now that'll rise up full of the Holy Ghost. Get some fire in their eyes and a shout in their belly. And he says, I will defeat the enemy that has never been defeated for you. Pastor, how do you know that? He did it for David. And if he did it for David, he can do it for me. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Hallelujah. Oh, you just push your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need a word from heaven. And here's your word. E-man-you-well. In man God dwells. Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel the Lord. Let's give him praise in the house of God right now. I'm just trying to see, are y'all fool or y'all want any more? 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When God is with you, he gives you wisdom from heaven. When God is with you, he gives you wisdom from heaven. Isaiah 7, the prophet gives King Ahaz some heavenly wisdom. He tells him four things. Everybody shout four. He tells him four things to manifest victory over his enemies. And you ought to write these down because every time you're facing an enemy, if you'll do these four things right here, they will not stand long. I've tried it every single time. He tells him four things. First, he says, take heed. What does that mean? Take heed. In other words, he says, that means be diligent. Be aware. Not worry. Be aware. The Bible says, be diligent. Be sober. But your adversary, the devil, he roams around. Seeking whom he may devour. Not who he wants to devour. Seeking whom he may devour. So he says, be diligent, be careful. Then secondly, he says, be quiet. I told you a while ago, but I'll release it one more time. Some of us be a lot further along. We just learned how to hush. I put my foot so far in my mouth one day. I said, Jesus, please just don't, just let me don't talk no more. Now I'm glad he let me talk. You know, I didn't mean, I'm glad he didn't answer that prayer. But oh, I put, you know, I figured out I don't have to have all the answers. God already does. And since he's God, I'm not. Hallelujah. He says, be quiet. Don't say nothing. Even when the enemy starts declaring a premature victory. Shh. Shut up. Watch. Be quiet. He's going to, let me, can I tell y'all something for a minute? I'm, I'm taking a, a, a 60 second break, but, but the enemy always declares premature victory. Always went before it starts. He already declares premature victory. Why? Cause he knows if you show up, he's defeated. Oh, glory be to God. He knows if you dare show up to the battlefield, he's already defeated. So he always shouts premature victory. He always says, I got this when he really does not have nothing. Glory be to God. So he tells, he tells, uh, he tells the king, he says, be quiet. Don't worry about, they're going, they're going to say a lot of stuff. They're going to say a lot of stuff, but you hold your peace and the Lord will fight your battle. Hallelujah. Don't, don't crack. This is a word for somebody. Don't crack under the pressure of having to answer your adversaries. <laughs> Just because they have their mouths open doesn't mean you have to answer. I let the Lord answer. Thirdly, he tells him, do not fear. Fear is a spirit from hell. Fear is a spirit, not an emotion. Fear is a spirit from hell. I'm going to say it one more time for the far side. Fear is a spirit from hell. And until you see it that way, you'll always give into it. And if you ever look at it, well, it's just, I'm just fearful right now. It's just an emotion. It's just how I'm feeling. Then you'll always give way to it. But if you look at it and say, that is a demonic spirit. How do you know? 
The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. Fear is a spirit, and until you look at it that way, you'll always give a place to it. Glory. He says, do not fear. It's amazing to me how many church people disguise their fear with the statement, well, you know, you got to have wisdom. Well, I know I got to have wisdom. I have wisdom. And the Bible says, if I don't just ask him, he'll give it to me. But most of the time, when people say that, they're disguising their fear. They're giving you a reason why they should not walk in faith. Yeah, that fixed some things here. Amen. <laughs> Lastly, he tells them, don't be faint hearted. In other words, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Just because you get hit in the face doesn't mean you've lost the fight. Glory be to God. Some people are weak in their faith and in their spirit. If you get hit in the face, if you get knocked down, it's just a sign that the fight has started. It's not over. Many of us, it's like we want to be strong in every other area, but in our walk with the Lord. We're willing to fight everybody and anybody except the devil. Get punched one time, the battle's over. No, no, no. He just lets you know it started. That's it. We can't be faint-hearted. Can I say one more thing that's probably going to, not? it probably won't upset y'all because y'all, y'all are some good people. But there's just too many, there's too many sissies in Christianity. There are a bunch of sissies. Uh, sissies everywhere. Folk don't even know what department of the store to shop at. Sissies. You want, to know what the, you want to know what the body of Christ is missing right now? Men of God. We got some women of God now. We got some women of God. But we missing men of God. People that will sit here and say, I'm not going to give in to complacency and apathy. I'm going to get me and my family up. And we're going to go to the house of the Lord. And I'm not going to get my oh, help me, Jesus. I'm not going to get all tied up and offended with every little thing somebody does. And does not say, man up and get out there, you men of God. Too many sisters in the, in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus a good hand clap for that right now? <coughs> now, if you got mad, so was he. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm just being for real, you know. And I'm not just talking about in, in the congregation. I'm talking about the pulpits and everything. Yeah. Uh, you, and the body of Christ is saying, just somebody stand up. Full of the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. Yeah, that's a good tweet. Somebody tweet and stuff. No more sissies. Amen. 
Now, you ladies, I'm telling you, 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 you know, I didn't leave you out of that. I'm just saying. For some reason, there is, a, there is this move in the body of Christ to feminize men. What's going on? It ain't here. Let me talk to the camera then. What's going on out there, man? To feminize men of God. No, no, you can't you can't do that you've just got to say no 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 we're not giving in to that spirit amen last one then we're done today when God is with you the workings of heaven are with you the workings of heaven when you look at both of these stories, you see the workings of heaven all throughout them. With the king of Judah, he has two different kings coming against him. One is the king of Syria. Uh, now, the Syrians, in case you don't know, the Syrians were known for their, ruthless, uh, their ruthlessness and their brutality. That's how they caused their enemies to fear them because they said if they ever get in here, they are brutal people. They will take, they, they will have mercy on no one. They were known for cutting the heads off of the people in the cities and stick them on, sticking them on poles, walking down the streets just to install fear in those who remained. Does that sound familiar? Oh, wow. Ruthless and brutal. Not even to take into consideration that little old Judah was not even a, was not even 20% of the size of Syria. But not only that, Syria now has joined up with Israel. And they're coming against Judah to attack the city and to destroy it. And God tells them, he says, don't, don't worry about these two smoking stubs. You know what I have found out? That's what the devil is. He is a smoking stub. He likes to make a big show, but there ain't no fire. He likes to smoke and make everybody see what, what, he, what he wants to do. And, but, but really, when you get down to it, there really ain't no fire inside right there. He's a smoking stub. God says, I'm about to put these two out. You're going to see the work of heaven right here in your midst. Oh, I love how God can fight for you. What seemed to look so big, when God shows up, it becomes so small. Have you ever been facing something and when you jumped in it, you said, I don't know how I'm going to make it through it. And when you came out on the other end, you said that wasn't big at all. Do you want to know what happened? God's workings showed up for your life. It might have been big and it might have been real big against you. It just wasn't nothing when it was compared to God. It was a smoking stub in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. God says, don't worry about them. And when you move on to the story of Joseph and Mary, you see the, the working of God. The Holy Spirit, everybody shout the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and overshadows a virgin. And the Bible says that when he overshadowed the virgin, that she came, became with child. Well, preacher, that don't make no sense. I know it don't make no sense. 
because you're looking at it through the natural and you're looking at it with a fleshly mind. And until you get out of that, you won't ever receive anything supernatural anyway. Oh, hallelujah. Just when Joseph doesn't know what to do, he's about to derail the whole plan of God. He's about to quit on it. Forget this stuff. I thought Mary was somebody she wasn't. Hallelujah. She's a little fast. I'm just trying to put you in it. I'm trying to put you there because we got this fictitious belief that these two wasn't struggling with nothing. Can I tell you something? This was a struggle. This was a crisis. Joseph's sitting here trying to figure out what am I going to do with this woman? And God walks into the middle of his sleep. Communicates to him in such a way that he wakes up and changes his whole mind. Watch this. Brothers and sisters, this is the workings of a mighty God. I want you to know today that if God did this in the process of Jesus being born. In the process of Emmanuel, God with us. How much more? Will he work in our lives now that he lives on the inside of us? How much more will the workings of God be produced through us now that he's not being born of a virgin, but he's living in some virgins? Y'all will get that later. The Bible says that there were ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. Five had a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Five just wanted to go to church and click a box. Five wanted to live how they wanted to live. Five wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. Five just wanted to have a little bit of religion. Five were CEOs. Christmas, Easter, and other holidays. But when the bride, when the groom came, those five didn't have no oil left in their lamp. But there was another five that they were diligent about seeking the Lord. They were diligent in their prayer lives. They were diligent in their worship. They were diligent in their praise. They were diligent in their Bible reading. They were diligent in serving. They were diligent in their giving. They didn't turn around and get upset with everybody because somebody didn't shake a hand and somebody didn't get a parking spot. They had enough oil to take them through some stuff. They had enough oil to take them through a trial. They had enough oil to take them through a crisis. They were wise virgins. I'm looking at some wise virgins. Last day virgins. virgins that will not be defiled by the by the workings of the world but said I have left myself for the workings of God to become pregnant of the Holy Ghost to give birth to something in the last days that the earth has not seen and the body of Christ is yet to witness hallelujah, hallelujah. When you come to a place of praise, 
When you come to a place of worship like this, when you come to a place of anointing, when you come to a place like this where God is moving, it's impossible to leave not pregnant. Yes, sir. Woo! It's impossible to leave without something inside of you that has not been given by man, nor the will of flesh, but has been born by God. Hallelujah. Today, some of you may be facing a crisis that you can't figure out. You may be facing the greatest trial of your life. You may be fighting the enemy on all fronts. But the Lord has sent me to remind you today, Emmanuel, God is with us. He is with you in every situation. He is with you when the enemy seems to be shouting. He is with you. When things seem to be going the wrong direction. He is with you when it seems like you're spinning your wheels and you're stuck in neutral. God is with you. This promise today. Emmanuel. God gave it two different times. Two different times when people were facing a crisis they couldn't figure out. The same promise is to us. Emmanuel, God is with us. And if God is with us, then nothing is impossible. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.